And uh, your pastor, I will tell you, if you come to this church and God were to call you here, you're going to have an under-shepherd that's going to love you and take care of you. And I really praise the Lord for the Mondays and uh, thank God for them. It's a great honor. Did I tell you where to turn yet? Colossians chapter 3. Now you have a little handout today in your, in your bulletin. So you want to use your handout. We are going to look at the five most important truths for a family. Well, who gets to decide, Brother Settler, what are the five most important truths? I do. And uh, they're all in the scriptures. And I think after you hear these, you're going to go like, wow, that I do believe are the five most important truths for a home. And I thank the Lord that I had the opportunity to teach in connection class on dedication. And uh, I think most of the families that dedicated were there today. And I'm really glad that you guys got to hear that. And uh, I pray that that'll be a help to you down the road on dedicating what it is and what it's not. Just because you dedicated your children to the Lord doesn't mean everything's going to be good. They still need to receive Christ, surrender their wills to the Lord. But we're going to look at the five most important truths for a home. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read verses 1 through 3, and then I'm going to read verses 17 through 21, and then we're going to have a word of prayer, and then we're going to start right away on the five most important truths in the home. So let's do something. If you are able to physically, let's stand. Let's stand. We're going to, I'm going to read verses 1 through 3, 17 through 21, have a word of prayer, and then you may be seated. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ. How many of you have received as your personal Savior the risen Savior? If you have, can you say amen? Amen. amen. Don't, aren't you glad we serve a risen Savior? Because he lives. Wow. We did not come to church today with fear as a Muslim. We did not come to church today trying to figure out life as a Buddhist. We came to church today knowing a risen Savior, Jesus Christ. And we ought to thank God for that. If ye then be risen from, uh, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on the things on the earth. Boy, we need to get off the temporal and get on to the eternal. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Now, look over to verse 17. And whatsoever ye do, parenting, marriage, husband, wife, whatever, whatever you do is a job, and whatsoever ye do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Wives... Submit yourselves unto your own husbands, as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Father. I pray that these five most important truths of a home and a family <clears throat> would go home with every marriage and every family here. Father, I take just a moment in the name of Christ 
and I pray for single parents. And I do know, I, I, I mean, I don't know, Pastor didn't tell me, but it would make sense that today there's probably some parents that are single here trying to raise a family and a home. I do believe the message will be very apropos to them, but Lord, I do know that there is a little bit of a handicap being a single parent. May they sense that you're with them, that the church is behind them as well. So I take a moment and I do pray for the single parents that are in here. And I pray that you would encourage them. May we as a church come alongside of them. And may we encourage them as well. Father, I do ask that we will not be just hearers of the word today, but that we will be doers of the word. What a waste of time if we just came and just had a little service today, had some good food afterwards, and we're home. Lord, may every one of us have at least one of these truths we take home and we begin to apply. And then, Father, if there's somebody here that is not a part of the family of God, may today be the day they are born again, born from above and born into the family of God. Today could be their spiritual birthday, August 22nd. I pray that that would be the case. And Father, we dedicate this time to you now, and I pray that we would receive the word well. We ask these things in Jesus' name. God's children said, you may be seated. Number one, the most important relationship in the home is the husband-wife relationship. The most important relationship in the home is the husband-wife relationship. So, so let me just tell you this something. You don't know me that well, but I'm a pretty transparent guy. Now I prayed, and I do not know, Pastor did not tell me about one single parent, but I would imagine there's some single parents here. Hey, there may be some grandparents raising the kids. Believe me, I understand that too. I don't know of any of those situations. But I want to deal with something right now. When I was walking around this morning by Brush Park, that was really Pioneer Park. That was really pretty out there. It was a beautiful morning this morning. I was praying for y'all. And, and, I, and I said, now I know what my first point is, Lord. And I'm preaching my first point. And I'm going to preach it strong. But I also know that there's some single parents in here. And you're going to look at this first point and you're going to just, you know, kind of go like, well, hey, I'm by myself. So the most important relationship in my home isn't the husband-wife because I don't have a wife, I don't have a husband. And I understand that. But I am not going to hold back from preaching what the Bible clearly does teach. Now, you need support if you're a single parent. By the way, maybe we should stop calling you single parents because God's with you and you're not by yourself. God will help you. And, and by the way, this is the kind of church if I was a single parent, I'd be going to Platte Valley Baptist Church, and I'd want, look at the kids that pastors had. I think that's important. I want to talk to my pastor. I want to talk to my pastor's wife and get some guidance and direction and being the right kind of mom or dad that I am as a single parent. But I'm going to tell you something. The most important relationship in your home is your husband-wife relationship. Everything hinges on that relationship. You come to me afterwards and you say this, Brother Scheller, I haven't been the husband that I should be, but I will tell you, Brother Scheller, I'm a good dad to my kids. 
I'm not the husband I should be, but I got to tell you, man, I love my kids and I'm a good dad to them. You come to me afterwards and you say, hey, I got to tell you, I really feel like I failed as a wife, but I do want you to know I've been a good mom to the kids. Okay, so listen to me. As honest as I can be with you. The best daddy in this room is a good husband. And the best mommy in this room is a good wife. You will never do more for your children. You will never do anything more for your children than be a good spouse to your partner. Because that's going to translate into so many relationships with your kids. You know what? I came from a broken home. In my home, the family that I came from, one word describes my mom and dad's marriage, and it was conflict. They got a divorce when I was 14 years of age. I was glad they got a divorce. Not that I love my mom, I love my dad. But I tell you, it was just conflict all the time. And I want to I share this with you. You will never be a greater mom or a greater dad than you are a spouse to the person sitting next to you right now. If you do anything for your children, be a good husband. If you do anything for your children, be a good wife. Because the most important relationship in any home is the husband-wife relationship. Trust me, I know that that's the relationship Satan's trying to attack. Trust me, I understand it. But that is the one you ought to invest in and work in more than anything else. Do not center your life around your children. Center your life around God and your spouse. And your children will come out really, really good. Let me tell you why. Number one, it is the picture of Christ in the church. The picture of Christ in the church is the husband and wife. By the way, there are seven reasons why I'm against same-sex marriage. But can I tell you one of them? One of them is same-sex marriage destroys the picture of Christ in the church. We don't have two Christs together. We don't have two churches together. We have Christ in the church. And I want to tell you, same-sex marriage destroys the picture of Christ in the church. And by the way, marriage is just a picture of Christ in the church. That was the analogy that God gave in Ephesians chapter 5. So it is the picture of Christ and the church. Husbands, you're to love your wife as, the, as Christ loves the church. And wives, you are, are just supposed to submit, trust God for the authority that he's placed over you, and submit like the church is to Jesus Christ. So it's a picture, and that's why this is the most important relationship. Number two, it is the key to successful parenting. I think I've already covered that. Number three, it is the authority relationship. And wherever you have the authority relationship, that's your most important relationship. And husband, wife, and I know what those kids do. Believe me, I had three sons grow. I raised three sons. And I know they know, okay, this one we go to mom. Mom will let me do this, but dad won't. Or we go to dad. Dad will do. They know what they're doing. Those kids know what they're doing. And the teens are sitting there right now with smiles on their face. Yeah, be quiet. Go to the next point, Brother Chandler. You know, we, I know what happens, but I'm going to tell you something. That authority relationship is the when a child knows that mom and dad love each other and they're on the same page. Let me tell you, you are doing more for your children at that moment than any other time. This relationship gives security, satisfaction, and success to the entire family. Hey, let me tell you right now, most important relationship in the home, you're going to help me, 
Most important relationship in the home, everyone together, is what relationship? Okay, that was like really bad. Most important relationship in the home is the what? Husband-wife relationship. Don't forget that. I'm telling you, that really, uh, that, that is so pivotal. Number two, most important person in the home. The most important person in the home is Jesus Christ. Now, let me explain this. First of all, God is a triune God. He is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God does not have three parts. If you ever were told that, that was doctrinally incorrect. God does not have three parts. God is three persons. He is God the Father as a person. He is God the Son as a person. And he is God the Holy Spirit. Now some of you are sitting there going, oh gosh, do you realize that makes no sense? I am telling you, I do not completely understand the Trinity, but I know the Bible clearly teaches a triune God. And we are not dealing with, oh, God has three parts. He's God. The, no, no, no. God is three persons. And the most important person in your family is Jesus Christ. You say, how many do you have in your family? Well, we have uh, me and my wife, and then we have three kids. We have five. No, you do not have five. You have how many? You got six. No, no, no. We have three children, and then my wife and I, that's five, Brother Shetler. Yeah, there's somebody else in your family that you better start recognizing. And that person is Jesus Christ by the, by the way of the Holy Spirit. Now, that's a very important truth. The most important person in your home ought to be Jesus Christ. Look at this, number one. He is a person in your home by the Holy Spirit. He can either be present, he can be predominant, or he can be preeminent. Now, a lot of you might have Jesus present in your family. Yeah, we, my, my wife and I, my husband and I, we both know Jesus as our Savior. All right, let's stop for a moment. Now, this is important. We're going to be talking about a lot of things today about the home and the family. If Christ is not even present in your life yet, today's an opportunity to get the most important person in your family in your family today. Because you got to be in the family of God. Now, hear this. If you're here today, God is not the father of all mankind. He is the creator of all mankind, but he is not the father of all mankind. All people are not God's children. You are only a child of God when you receive his son, Jesus Christ. If you have never received Christ as your Savior, you are not a child of God. You're a creation of God. He wants you to be a part. He's not willing that any should perish. But do understand, in order to be in the family of God, you have to receive the Son of God as your Savior. Listen to John 1.12. But as many as received him, Jesus, to them gave he power to become the sons, the children of God, even to them that believe on his name. 
you come into the family by joining this church. No, no. You come into the family by getting baptized. No, no. You come into the family by giving money to poor people. No. You get into the family by living a good life and being honest and being a hard worker. No. You get into the family by, by faith alone, asking Jesus Christ to save you because of what he did on the cross for you. You ask Christ to save you. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So how do you become a child of God? You ask God to receive his son, Jesus Christ, in what he did for you, and you become a child of God. I'm telling you right now, I know that I'm going to heaven, not because of who I am, what I've done. I got into the right family. And the way I got in the family, I was 12 years old in the flesh. And I was born again. I have two birthdays. I was born into a family, the Shetler family, on April 19th, a long time ago, okay? I was born into Shetler family, but I was born in the spirit on November 8th, 1969, as a 12-year-old boy. I was born again. Let me ask you, have you ever been born again? Are you in God's family? He's not the most important person in your family if he's not even present in your family. Husbands, wives, teenagers, you cannot have the right home until you have the right person in your home because he's the most important person in your home, and that's Christ. Now, look at number three because this is really good. What's best for Christ? is best for the family. Brother Shelton, do you guys ever struggle with entertainment in your, in your home? Yeah, 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 like all the time. Did, 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 you, did you ever struggle about, well, you know, what, where you guys were going to go on vacation? Yes, 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 all the time. Did, did, you ever, did you ever struggle with what allowing your kids to do this or allowing your kids not to do this or to wear this or to go there or to have this friend? Yeah, 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 I had three sons. Okay, you got it, man. I deal with all of that. I want to tell you, Marilee and I were set. The most important person in our family is going to be Jesus Christ. So what's going to bring honor and glory to God? No, you're not going to go there. Yeah, it's okay to go there. No, you're not going to come in at that time. Yeah, it's okay that you come in at that time. What's going to bring, hey, mom and dad, you got to go to the most important person, and you got to be thinking what's good for Jesus in our family is good for us. Hey, hey. Honey, what we're watching right now, do you think the most important person in our family wants us to watch this right now? Is that the kind of language that you think the most important person in our I'm telling you, this is practical stuff. Because whatever is good for Jesus Christ is going to be good for your home and family. The most important person in your home needs to be Jesus Christ. Honor Christ in your home. He will honor your family. Make his will your family priority. Most important relationship in the home, husband, wife. Most important person in the home, Jesus Christ. Okay, now I want to skip over number three because this is the one I don't like. Okay, this one really gets me. The most important time in your home is when someone else is speaking. Now I want that to sink in for a moment. 
Brother Settler, the most important time in our home is when we're watching football. Okay, stop. I can somewhat relate to this, okay? The most important time in the home. Hey, Brother Settler, I know the most important time in the home. It's when we're reading the Bible together. Okay, that's really cool. I love that. That's great. But that ain't it. You practice this for one week, you'll see a change in your home and your family. The most important time in your home is when someone else is speaking. Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 19, be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. We use this one opening a lot more than we use these two openings. And we need to do more listening than speaking. Now, let me tell you something. Raised to kids. I know my boys, Ben, Luke, and Drew. I know their kind of personalities. I knew their spiritual gifts by the time they were teenagers. You would have came to me when they're 16, 17. Hey, do you know your boy? I know my boys. You know what's amazing, moms and dads? We think we know our children, and we really don't. Because we're not listening. And in order to listen, sometimes you got to ask questions. We think we know everything that our children need. We don't even know what our children need. Because we're not listening to our kids. And by the way, spouses, now I know there's wives in here right now like, I know my husband. You know, do you really know your husband? Maybe you ought to listen to him once in a while. Hey, guys, same thing for you. Oh, I know my wife. I know what she's going to, I know what she's thinking right now as you're going through this. I know. You know what? No, you don't. You don't know what your wife's thinking right now. And the fact of the matter, and believe me, there were times I went like, I know what Marilee's thinking. And you know what? It wasn't what Marilee was thinking. And sometimes I feel Marilee said, Marilee, I wasn't thinking that. That is not true. You know what? You got to learn how to listen. Now I have to tell you about my three boys. Ben's my oldest. He travels as an evangelist. He's kind of an apologist. So he tackles and debates across the country, atheists, evolutionists. And so, I mean, the guy's got a great mind. He's very articulate in his speaking. Tell me he cannot talk in the family. Well, okay, Ben, it's time to zip it. Okay, we've heard enough from you, all right? Then I have a young son named Drew. Drew's down in Castle Rock, Colorado. He's an assistant on a church. He's a Christian film director. He makes Christian films, and he's very articulate in his speech. My wife and I, we can flat out talk, and I just want to tell you something. Marilee and I got our opinions. The Shetler family is very demonstrative. We're very good. You say, Brother Shetler, you have three boys. Oh, yeah. And then there's Luke. And Luke has special needs, and he is. He was born with one eye, he has a muscle deficiency, and he is slow of learning. Now, I got to tell you something. The Shetlers get, I don't want to give this point. I hate this point, but I think you need to hear this. When the Shetlers get together, we can flat out talk. We don't listen real well, but boy, we can sure give our opinions about stuff. But there's one young man in that, that he barely, rarely gets a chance to talk. You can't talk over Ben or Luke or mom or me. And I'll tell you one of the saddest things that happens when the settlers get together. We get talking about something, about 15 minutes into it, Luke raises his hand. Okay, we're not in a classroom here. But Luke can't get a word in edgewise. 
goodness Lord, what are you saying? I'm saying that's terrible. And I all when I see that, I go, oh man, did it again. Hey, hey, Drew, just be quiet for a minute. Luke, what do you got to say? Now I'm gonna tell you all something. The most important time in your home is not when you're telling everyone what to do and what you think. The most important time in your home is when someone else is talking. Now, this point gets me. I'm not sitting up here going like, oh, what's wrong with you all? This one I struggle with because I've always got something to say. But I have learned good communicators are not necessarily good speakers. Good communicators are good listeners. And the more you listen, the more you're going to understand where others are coming from. I'm going to tell you right now, Dan, you got a teenage daughter that is dying to tell you some things, but you don't have time to listen. And you know, she's got real problems. I know what she shouldn't be wearing, and I know this. And you know what? Your daughter's struggling with stuff, and you need to listen. The most important time in your home is when someone else is speaking. Talking is the easiest thing in the world to do. Communication's the hardest one. So follow the four laws of communication. I, I wrote about them real quick. Number one, be honest. You are not communicating if you're deceiving. And some of you spouses are not honest with each other. You're, you, you, you're doing things behind her back or his back that they, it, you gotta be honest. Number two, you gotta keep current. We're gonna talk about that in just a minute. But you gotta keep current. Don't be bringing up the past all the time. Number three, don't attack a person. Son, you're a slob. Go in there and clean your room. Okay, don't attack a person. Attack the problem. Don't attack the person. And then small d, and this was worth coming to church for, stay away from 100% statements. Nothing closes communication faster than a 100% statement. Okay? So here you go. Honey, you always do that. As soon as you say always, what does your spouse do? Well, that's not true. Like three months ago, I didn't do that. No, that's, that's not true. That's not always. You are never on time. Well, no, that's not true. Three years ago, I think I was on time once. <laughs> Whatever it is. As soon as you give a 100% statement, communication shuts down. Try going one week talking to your family without using always or never. It is, and it's hard to do. It's like as you, we always kind of lump everything. You always are, you never. And 100% statements destroy communication. Most important relationship in the home, that's husband wife. Most important person in the home, that's Jesus Christ. Most important time in your home, when someone else is speaking. But I really want to talk to you about these next two. Because I'm telling you, if you leave with anything, I hope you leave with these next two. Number one, number three, number four. The most important action in your home is forgiveness. You will never do anything in your home that is more important than giving forgiveness. Forgiveness is the key to all relational, to all relations. If you can't forgive other people, you cannot have relationships with them. All relationships depend 
upon forgiveness. You know why? Because people hurt people. You cannot live under the same roof with anyone that they will not do something to hurt you. You cannot. There is no perfect person in this room. We, sometimes we didn't mean it. I, I'm sorry, I didn't, mean, I didn't know that that hurt you. But I'm going to tell you right now, people hurt people. And if you do not learn how to forgive, you cannot have a family. Forgiveness is the most important action in your home. You will never do anything as a father, a husband, a mother, a, a, a wife, a son or daughter that is more important. And by the way, teenagers, some of you need to forgive your parents. I spoke at, I spoke at six weeks of camp. Do you know the number one problem that I had to deal with? And I know there's a lot of impurity and all, and teenagers are struggling with self-harm and all of that. You know the number one problem in the teenagers that I dealt with? I spoke this summer to over 4,000 teenagers at camps this summer. You know number one? Bitterness towards their parents. They won't forgive their parents. And I gotta tell you, I understand parents do things that are wrong. Some of you teenagers need to learn how to forgive mom and dad. You need to learn how to forgive your siblings. Brother Shetler, what is forgiveness? Good question. It's a choice of your will to reconcile with an offender by erasing the debt that they owe you and living with the consequences. In other words, somebody does something wrong to you, they owe you something. They owe you. What are you going to do with that? Hold it over their head or erase the debt? Well, it wasn't me who did it. It was them that did it to me. I know, I've been there. What are you going to do with that? There is a verse in 1 Corinthians 13. It says this. Love, charity, thinketh no evil. Charity thinketh no evil. I think it's verse 7. 1 Corinthians 13, I think it's verse 7. Love, charity, thinketh no evil. You know what that means? It means it doesn't keep receipts. It doesn't keep records. Thinketh no evil. It doesn't keep records. So let me be transparent with you, Brother Mundy. So um, I got a problem. And now I'm kind of on my own. And I, I, my, first thing when I get home, I'll tell you what my wife's going to say. Jim, give me the receipts from the trip. Oh, yeah, the receipts. The receipts. I, th I think they're in my backpack. Jim. Get the re oh, I think I forgot the receipt for the gas. I think I forgot the receipt for that meal. I, I think I, I don't. I, I do terrible with receipts. You say, Brother Shelley, that's not good for business. You know what? That is so true. Man, you run a business. You're, you're trying. You got to keep receipts. Tax reasons. You got to keep receipts to keep track of stuff. You got to keep receipts. Terrible in business not to keep receipts. But can I tell you this? It's great in relationships. You see the problem with some of you? You got books on your spouse. And you start getting in an argument and you got, hey, 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 wait a second. You owe me, man. What about this three months ago? What about this two weeks ago? What about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? What is going on? You go, you're holding all of these receipts. Some of you do it with your children. Don't give me that. You know what I you know what you did last week? Blah, 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 blah. Hey, let me tell you something. Most important action in your home, forgiveness. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, 
forgiving one another, even as Christ, for God's sake, has forgiven you. And that's the basis to forgiveness. You cannot forgive anyone of the debt that they owe you if you haven't experienced forgiveness yourself. If you have never been to the cross and you have never asked Christ to forgive you, if you have never been cleaned, if you have never sensed what it means to be that, God, you've forgiven me of all my sin. You will never forgive anyone else if you've never been forgiven. So I want to do tell you this. You cannot do the most important action in a home. You can try to forget some things and you say, oh, let's just move on. But you have not forgiven. You have not resolved anything if you have not trusted Christ. You've got to know Christ to know forgiveness. But once you know Christ in forgiveness, then you can forgive other people. Now listen to me, Christian. You have been forgiven of so much. You have been forgiven of all your past, present, and future sins. Come on. You can forgive your husband for what he did, what he said. Yes, you can. No, no. He keeps doing it to me. I'm not going to be a doormat. No, no, stop. Then Christ was a doormat for you on the cross then. Because he forgave you of everything. You can forgive your spouse. There is nothing you will ever do in your family, in home, as an action that is more important than forgiveness. I want to tell you, I believe the most important relational skill to develop in a home and with anyone's relationship is forgiveness. Last one and we're done. And it won't be long. The most important element in your home. Okay, the most important relationship is husband-wife. Most important person is Jesus Christ. Most important time is when someone else is speaking. The most important action is forgiveness. And Platte Valley Baptist, the most important element in your home is God's grace. So, I told you that I came from a broken home. I want to tell you some other things. I got to lead my dad to the Lord 25 years after we got saved. My dad got saved. My mom and dad restored their relationship with each other before they died. They were both in my church. I pastored both of them in Pensacola, Florida before they died, and they are buried together. And, and, and rest in peace. And they're both in heaven together. And I, and I look back at what has transpired in my, in my home. But I will tell you guys, when I got married, I didn't know what to do. I'm going like, I have no idea what it is to be a husband because I sure never saw one. And I have no idea what it is to be a father. He was never in my life. So you know what I did? I started looking. I started looking at other couples and other families. So I guarantee you, if I, if I would have been in this church and I was 22, I guarantee you, I would have gone to him and I'd say, hey, Cass, you got a really good relationship. Your kids are really good. And you've got a really good relationship with your wife. And this, I asked, I don't know, I didn't keep a count, count, but I believe I asked this more than 300 couples. I'm telling you the honest truth. I would ask, when I saw a sharp couple, it looked like they loved each other and they had really good kids, I would ask them this all the time. I'd say, what's your secret? What's the secret recipe, man? Why are your kids, hey, I love your kids, and you guys just seem like you're in love. What's the secret? 
Over 300 times, I think I asked them, listen to this. This is so cool. They would usually start by giving me a little tip or something. They'd say, hey, we've been married for 27 years. Date night every week. We'd have a date night. Uh, you know, some of the guys would, you know, kind of joke and say, hey, I'll tell you the key. I always let my wife have the last word, you know, and that took care of everything. You know, whatever. They'd always give me a little something. Hey, we had devotions or we did this or whatever. Over 300 times I asked this, I'm telling you, over 200 times I got this response. You know, Jim, we did this, we communicated, we do getaways, we, we did this, we, we always went to church. Whatever it was, they would say something, then they would say this. You know, honestly, Jim, I wish I could tell you, it's, it's been God's grace. It's been the grace of God. I say, I know, I know, but, but like, but like, like, how, how did, yeah, but, yeah, but, how did you do this? Hey, I, I got to tell you, Jim, it's been the grace of God. It wasn't anything we did. I mean, if our kids turned out right, I got to tell you, it wasn't because we did this, this, and this. I'm telling you, it was God's grace that did it. Now, hear this. You start hearing that a hundred times. You start hearing that 200 times, and you start thinking, you know what? It looks like if we're going to have a good family, we're going to need the grace of God. And then I start thinking about all the marital counseling I've done over the last 42 years of ministry. And you know, you get two people in a room, and they're sitting on the two ends of the couch, and you're trying to help this couple, and you're trying to help this family. You go over to a home, and the kids are just like tight as a drum, and mom and dad are just like, and you think, oh, Lord, this is tough. Man, there's just so much conflict. They need the grace of God. Well, what does the Bible say about the grace of God? God resisteth the proud, but gives grace to the, he gives grace to the humble. And I have thought, you know, when I'm dealing with marital counseling or whatever, all I need, I don't even need both. I don't need the husband and wife. I just need one of them to humble themselves. If the wife will just break And humble herself. If the husband would say, whoa, don't worry about her right now. Would you just humble yourself? The grace starts to flow. And if the grace starts to flow, I'm telling you, the whole marriage, the whole family changes. The most important element in your family, I'll tell you, in other words, what's the number one thing you want on your home? God's grace. You give me God's grace. If I had one thing I could put on our marriage, one thing I could put on my kids, it'd be the grace of God. Well, then, Jim, how do you get this grace? You humble yourself. You actually say, dear God, I need you. Dear God, I got problems. Dear God, I admit I need help. And then the grace pipeline opens up. And God begins to pour his grace on your marriage in your home. Let me tell you. You know what all those, those families needed that came up forward today? They need the grace of God. More than anything else, they got to get the grace of God. And if you're here today and you don't know Christ, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. No couple's going to go to heaven and go, hey, we were good parents, weren't we, God? No. 
I gave you my grace. And that's why your kids are with you in heaven. That's why you had the merits you had because I put the grace. But how do you get that grace? You humble yourself. And some of you need to humble yourself today and say, dear God, we do not have the merits in the home that we ought to have. It's family day. And God, we're not much of a family. But I'm going to start listening. Most important relationship is going to be me and my wife, me and my husband. The most important person in our family is going to be Jesus Christ. Most important time is when someone else is speaking. I'm going to tell you, we're going to start forgiving one another. Matter of fact, we're going to start right now. And we're going to start forgiving one another. And God, give us your grace. God, put your grace on our marriage. Put your grace, and I know it's not going to come if we're proud and we're stuck on who's going to be right and who's going to this. God, I need your grace. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I got a couple questions to ask today. How many of you in this room would say, without a doubt, Brother Shetler, I know that I'm a part of the family of God because I know I've asked Jesus Christ to be my Savior. Brother Shetler, I have called upon Christ. I don't remember when. I don't remember the words that I prayed. But I will tell you, I know that I'm a part of the family of God. I have asked Jesus Christ personally to be my Savior. Not because I've lived a good life or done this or done that. I have asked Jesus to save me. If that's true, could you raise your hand all over the auditorium? You know Christ is your Savior. Praise the Lord. You may put them down. That's a great sight. Listen, if that's true, that'll take care of the forgiveness thing. Every one of you that just raised up your hand, nobody in your family has ever done anything to you that's worse than what you did to Jesus. And Jesus forgave you, you can forgive anyone in your family. So that takes care of the forgiveness thing right there. If you could not raise your hand, I looked around right now as best I could. I, I don't know. It looked like almost everybody. But, but listen, thank you that you were honest enough to say, man, I do not know that I've ever received Jesus. Brother Shetler, I came today because I wanted to support one of these families getting dedicated. But I got to tell you, I have never asked Jesus Christ to be my Savior. And I need to be forgiven of my sin. And I need to be born again. I need to get in this family of God. And the only entrance is through Jesus. So, Brother Shetler, I need Jesus Christ as my Savior of my soul. If that's true, would you raise your hand? I'd love to pray for you. Is there anyone like that this morning? I need to receive Jesus. Amen. Yes, sir. I see that. Anyone else? Praise the Lord for that. Amen. Anyone else? Man, that's great. Praise God. Okay, now listen. If you just raised your hand, Today can be your spiritual birthday and the most important day of your existence. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. Come down. In just a moment, we're going to have an invitation. Lord willing, I hope that a lot of couples are coming down. A lot of people are going to be praying at the altar. You come on down, grab pastor's hand and say, hey, I need to get saved today. I need to be forgiven. Let's get this thing taken care of. There ain't nothing you need to be ashamed of. God died for you, and today is your spiritual birthday. Let's get it taken care of today. Now, I want to ask another question. How many of you today, God spoke to you about one or more of these areas? Man, I tell you right now, the most important relationship has not been husband-wife, and we need to change that today. 
Jesus Christ has not been the most important person, but today, my wife and I, my husband and I, we're making Jesus number one in our home. Brother Shetland, that thing about time and speaking, wow, I'm not doing the listening. I'm doing way too much talking and not enough listening in my home. Brother Shetler, forgiveness needs to occur in our home. And I know that I'm a teenager in my family, but it's going to start with me. And I'm going to forgive my mom and dad. I'm going to forgive my children. I'm going to forgive my spouse. Oh, dear God, we need grace. God, there isn't anything we need in our home more than your grace. And Lord, I ask right now, I humble myself. And God, I'm begging for your grace. God spoke to your heart. In just a moment, I'm going to encourage you to either come down by yourself or come down with your spouse or your family and pray about the area. And Dad, take some initiative and leadership. Come on. And I got to tell you, I know what area God spoke to my heart about. We're going to give you that chance. How many of you would say, God spoke to me about an area in my family today, in these five things, God spoke to me very clearly. Something I need to repent, I need to change, I need to get right. And God's given me the mercy to get it taken care of today. Brother Shetler, I'm ready to do it. If that's true, would you raise your hand all over the auditorium today? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Man, let's humble ourselves. Let's stand to our feet. In just a moment, let's stand to our feet. Everybody right now will have a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for everyone here at the church. I thank you. I sense that they really listened today. God, we came here today to be a help. I pray now that they'll respond to what's been given to them. And God, I pray that during this invitation that you would, that you would touch some people, that they wouldn't be ashamed to come down to an old-fashioned altar and pray. And Lord, for the one who raised his hand, I think there could have been another as well that raised their hand about getting saved. May today be the day of their salvation, Father. I pray you'll really speak to hearts. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. God spoke to your heart as the piano begins to play. You come. You know what? God spoke to my heart this morning, Brother Shetler. There's an area. Come on down with your spouse. Come on down with your family. Come down by yourself. God spoke to your heart. You come. Thank you. 